Welcome to the Marriage Steps Podcast, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve, and following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Marriage Steps Podcast is listener-supported, so to help keep it on the air so couples worldwide can receive hope for their marriage, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. Once you're there, you'll see there's three tiers, three different options on how to be a supporter, and you get a free gift in response based on which tier you sign up for. A quick announcement, I just wanted to thank everyone who's left me a review on Apple. I've already gotten five reviews in the past week, and that's already improved my ranking by six points, by six spots, and that's how it works. So the more reviews I get on my podcast, the higher I'll appear in search results so more people can find the podcast. Right now, I'm ranked number 235 on Apple Podcast for the search term relationships. So right now, no one can find me except for you. So if you haven't already, please leave me a review, and then that will allow more people to find me because that will boost me up in the search results. Right now, I have 50 reviews, and my goal is to get up to 200 reviews. So if you haven't already, at the end of this podcast episode, please just take a few minutes or a few seconds and click the five stars and leave me a review. The marriage tip of the day is find out what your partner is ruminating about and then ask them about it often. So maybe they're ruminating about something they're worried about. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's about one of your kids, etc. Ask them about it. Or maybe they're ruminating about something exciting, something they're working on, something they're looking forward to. Find out about it and then ask them about it. It's one of the best ways to feel like your partner cares is when they track what's going on inside of you and then they ask about it on a regular basis. It makes you not feel alone and it makes you feel like they have your back and it makes you feel like they're your partner and they're journeying with you on this thing you're ruminating about. The marriage joke of the day is a husband asked his wife, honey, what are you gonna do to celebrate our 15th wedding anniversary? And she said, I'm gonna surprise you with a a trip to Taiwan. And the husband said, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing, I can't wait. What are you gonna do for our 30th wedding anniversary? And she said, I'll pick you back up. (laughs) Okay, today for the marriage message is Ask the Shrink Hour. Every Thursday I post on my Facebook page and I say, what are your top marriage questions? And I always get a lot of good questions coming in. And so I write down some of the top questions and then I respond to them here so that most of you, because most of you probably have some similar questions yourself. So here's the first one. How can we manage a long-distance relationship because my partner and I are separated right now because of COVID? Long-distance relationships don't last very long because it's hard to meet each other's needs when you're not together. But if you have to be separated, a couple recommendations I would suggest. First is make the separation as short as possible. Second, while you are separated, make sure you're staying connected. So that includes daily video chats. And through that video chat, you can practice your head heart, which is one of the tools on my website. You also can play games together for some recreation over the video chat. You can order each other special gifts through Amazon so that you feel like your partner's thinking of you. And try to make sure you can visit each other. So maybe 
once a month, you can take turns traveling to the, where the other person is, if possible, for a weekend together. Because it puts so much strain on a relationship to not be together. So never think that it's going to be a long-term setup because it won't work. It only will work if it's short-term, you're both in agreement, and you have a strategy on how to stay connected while you're apart. Second question, how can we maintain our mental health and marital health during COVID? That's a good question. So I'll start with the mental health. So our mental health is influenced by all sorts of things. One thing it's influenced is by how well we are having self-care. So the more we exercise, the better we feel. 30 minutes of cardiovascular exercise is equal to one antidepressant pill. So if you're not exercising, start exercising. 30 minutes a day, that's the goal. How well you eat impacts your mental health. How well you sleep, seven to nine hours a night is recommended. You wanna have good sleep hygiene habits. If you don't know what sleep hygiene habits are, Google it and you will find lots of resources and tips on sleep hygiene. One example is going to bed and waking up around the same time every night so you can set your circadian rhythm. That's really important to be rested. Other things for your mental health is getting out in nature. When we're out in nature, that lifts depression. It increases creativity, makes us feel better. So get out in green space. Another thing that can lift depression and help our mental health is social relationships. We're social creatures. And so we need to stay connected even during COVID. So perhaps you can still meet with some of your friends, maybe one of your friends, and you meet outdoors and you wear a mask and you practice social distancing. So don't give up on meeting with your friends, but be safe about it. Do it outdoors and practice the protocol that's recommended. Or you can practice through Zoom sessions with family and friends who are further away. But stay connected socially. That's very important. A lot of research shows that the more isolated we feel, the more depressed we feel. So social connections is directly connected to our levels of depression. Another thing that can help mental health is finding purpose. When we have purpose and we believe in something we're doing or we're working on or we're volunteering for, that gives us hope. And we all need to feel hope and that our life has purpose. So if you're not already, make sure to get involved or to work on something that has a lot of meaning to you. For me, helping couples has a lot of meaning to me. So when I do this podcast, when I post on social media, when I write blog posts, when I write books, when I do all these things for couples, that brings meaning to me. What brings meaning to you? Another thing that can help mental health is volunteering. And so when we do something for others, when our motive is altruistic, that also lifts mental health and depression. So if you're not already, every day or once a week, try to think about who can you serve? Perhaps you start out with serving people in your family. Perhaps it can be people in your neighborhood, perhaps in the broader community. But think about how to serve others because that will help your mental health as well. Now, marital health is also very important during COVID because we're crammed together with our partner whether we want to be or not. So you have to dialogue with your partner about your needs. You may have different needs. One of you may be an extrovert. One of you may be an introvert. So you have to talk about how much time should we have together? How much time should we have apart? How are we doing filling each other's love bucket? That's another tool covered in my website. But you wanna make sure you're communicating, that you're resolving conflicts effectively, and you're balancing individual needs with marital needs. Okay, number three, 
My three-year-old toddler is in my room in a crib and our newborn is in our bed. So my husband has to sleep on the couch every night because I'm constantly up with the kids. What would you recommend? This is a touchy topic and people have strong opinions on if kids should be in your bed. And I have strong opinions. Uh, I'm speaking from a marriage therapist perspective and as a parent because my wife and I have four kids. So some of you may disagree with me on what I'm about to say, but that's okay. We can agree to disagree. It's all right. Everyone has different opinions. I'm not a fan of having your kids sleep in your bed because it's highly disruptive to your marriage and especially this marriage. So this marriage, it's so disruptive that the husband and wife are not even sleeping in the same bed. The husband's out on the couch. So what I recommend in a situation like this is after your child is three to six months old, put that child in a crib in a different room with a monitor because then you can hear them, you can see if they need anything, you can respond to them, and eventually they're gonna be sleeping through the night, but you don't wanna condition your kids to be sleeping in your bed because then you become a human pacifier. And then they're gonna really struggle when they get older, weaning off of you and getting into their own space, and meanwhile, your marriage is suffering because you and your partner are not sharing a bed together. So I recommend getting the kids out of your room. Get them in their own room, Get a monitor set up so you and your partner can share your bed again. Number four, how do I get over resentment towards my partner? I get asked this a lot and it makes sense. We're imperfect people married to imperfect people. So we're gonna hurt each other whether we mean to or not. So therefore, resentment happens quite often in marriage. So what do you do when you're feeling resentment? How do you get over resentment? One way to help your partner get over the resentment towards you is you start doing the opposite of the hurtful behavior you did that hurt them. So for example, let's say you didn't spend time with them for a season for whatever reason and that really hurt their feelings and now they have resentment towards you. Well, the way to help them forgive you and get over it is to start spending a lot of time with them. And if you do that consistently with sincere motives, eventually that resentment they have towards you will dissipate. It will become erased because you're providing emotionally corrective experiences for them. Another thing that can help is if your partner has done something in the past that hurt you and they're not doing it anymore, but you're still harboring that resentment, is to go through the compassion chart. The compassion chart is another tool on my website, drwyattfisher.com. And basically, the compassion chart will walk you through a series of questions that will help you understand what made your partner respond in the way that they did that hurt you. Because the more we can understand all the variables that influence our partner's behavior that hurt us, the more compassion we tend to develop towards that hurtful behavior. It doesn't absolve them from it all. It doesn't excuse them. It doesn't let them off the hook. However, it does make us more compassionate for why they did it. And research shows forgiveness follows compassion. So if that's you, if you're struggling with resentment, go to my website and check out the marriage tools and look for the compassion chart because that can really facilitate compassion and forgiveness is a byproduct. Number five, my husband won't have sex with me and I'm so unhappy in our marriage, what should I do? Unfortunately, this is such a common comment 
And a lot of females actually write into me saying this comment that they want to have more sex in their marriage and they're married to someone who does not. So what do you do? So my bent with any type of need that's not getting met is the first approach is you want to talk to your partner gently. When our needs aren't being met, what happens for most of us is we get aggressive. We get hostile. But anger is almost always a secondary emotion. So what's underneath your anger? What's the tender underbelly? Are you sad? Are you hurt? Do you feel insecure? Do you feel lonely? Do you feel fearful? Talk to your partner from your tender underbelly, not with your aggressive hostility. Usually that will make them more empathetic and more receptive. There's an article about this on my website, The Four Steps to a Soft Startup. So you want to check out that, that article, and there's also a tool on it as well on how to deliver a soft startup. If you deliver a soft startup about your needs not being met in marriage and your partner does not receive it well still, then go see a marriage counselor. If through the marriage counseling, if your partner is resistant or they won't go to a marriage counselor or they're seeing a marriage counselor, but they're still stonewalled and they won't work on the topic, they won't try to meet your needs still, then I recommend a separation because no one deserves to be in a marriage with someone who is calloused towards your needs. It's neglect and that falls under the umbrella of abuse. And so that would be my recommendation. You try the soft startup. If they're not receptive, you see a marriage counselor. If they're still not receptive after working with a marriage counselor or not even receptive to seeing one, get a separation because that is unhealthy. They're taking you for granted and neglect is not acceptable in marriage. Thank you for listening to the Marriage Steps podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to take a few moments right now and click the five stars and leave a review. For more marriage resources, be sure to go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. That's D-R-W-Y-A-T-T-F-I-S-H-E-R.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you care for it, it will grow. But if you deprive it, it will die. The choice is up to you. Take care.